You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. Got an awesome program today. Going to be talking with the folks over at Citrix about working from home, the new normal, what that uh, all looks like. I think uh, many of us are in that situation now, so we'll get uh, the lowdown on what uh, it looks like going forward. Will things change when we hopefully start getting back to normal? We'll also be talking about smart home technology and Things like smart showers and smart faucets uh, with the folks over at Moen. Some really cool stuff that they've uh, come out with. John, uh, we've been talking a lot about uh, Clubhouse over the past uh, couple uh, episodes, and uh, you've uh, just started getting into it. Yeah, it was actually really interesting. Last night, uh, I got a notification from Clubhouse that one of my friends was having a chat, and I recognized a couple other names in the chat that he was in with so i thought oh you know i'll mute my tv and go in and just listen in which is kind of what the whole point of clubhouse is but it turns out that they were what i thought they were talking about was 3d printing because some of the people in there were some of the leaders in that space that i've been friends with for a long time including one of the founders of makerbot and i get in there and we're talking about food (laughs) Everybody was talking about their favorite pizzas from all over the world and how much we all miss New York pizza. And it was just such a fun, like random thing to be talking about. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then eventually people started to peel off. And so then I went and just looked at to see uh, another channel. And it turns out that um, Tom Green, you remember Tom Green? Yeah. I, I just saw his interview with uh, Joe Rogan Yeah, on his podcast. He, he seems to be all in on Clubhouse and he was in a room with um, Dead Mouse, Joel Zimmerman. Um, of course. And they were just, they were just, just chatting, yeah. you know, like, like, again, like you do on Clubhouse. But they had a really interesting sort of uh, pattern down where they were actually having, uh, they were promoting random people from the audience to come in and, and talk about something. And a lot of times the way Clubhouse works is you have people that you're friends with the, you know, the, the main people that are talking. And so they're like, well, I know these guys, they're magicians and they kind of figured out how to do magic on Clubhouse over audio. And so one of the magicians started to do uh, a trick on Tom, basically where Tom, you know, shuffles an imaginary deck of cards, does a bunch of things to it. And then in his, this magician's profile, there's a link to his Instagram and no. we were all instructed to go to his Instagram. And two days ago was Tom's card posted there. Wow. It was the Queen of Hearts that he had burned basically all of the, the rest of the cards. And the only thing left was the Queen of Hearts. And it was on his Instagram profile. And then then they proceeded to sort of talk about how you would do magic over over audio. And yeah. it's a really it was a really interesting conversation that I never expected to stumble across last night. Magic over with audio yeah wow yeah so you're really liking clubhouse you know i actually went to bed with it on on my bedside table and yeah. i fell asleep and eventually it just shut itself off but it was just it was like listening to a live conversation with friends and i wasn't participating in this particular one with tom green but it was just interesting to sort of be in the room when they're having this conversation with random other people you know they brought in a guy that he had produce music with Madonna and all this other stuff. So they were talking about what's it like to work with her. And like, again, you just never know where these conversations are going to go and you get the right people in, in, you know, on the line, they can be just fascinating just to sort of listen in on. And, you know, if you get a chance to participate with. Very, very cool. Uh, just maybe looking at some of the other uh, news out there, uh, John, in the, uh, the tech world, uh, Facebook is uh, blocking people sending or forwarding news stories in Australia. 
Yeah, this is, uh, um, there's a new bill that Australia just announced uh, or uh, came into, into power, if you will, uh, down there. And they basically, Facebook's decided to block all Australians' um, abilities to share news articles in the Facebook app. Like, I don't know how that works on a countrywide basis, but um, this bill was basically um, also targeting Google, um, basically because they threatened to leave the country entirely, Google did, um, over these kind of rules uh, about what can be shared and what can be posted. And so I think, you know, we're we're starting to see sort of the, the fallout of all of this fake news and other stuff that was really turned some of these platforms into almost a cesspool of misinformation and and just just bad vibes you know even amongst friends and family too right like turned into giant shouting wars in you know the comments of some of these posts well we'll be following the stories down in australia they're uh really going after the big guys google and facebook uh now trying to protect the uh the news uh and media industry uh down there so it might be uh uh, something that other countries uh, look at doing uh, as well. When we come back from the break, it's smart home time. We'll look at smart faucets that you can control with your voice and even showers. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. Uh, John, as you know, I love smart home technology. I just can't get enough of it. And I've uh, been uh, upgrading my house over the past uh, few years. Something I got really excited about that I, I couldn't imagine that I would, would be... Uh, my new smart faucet uh, that uh, we got from Moen. Yeah, I'm actually quite jealous of this feature that you have in your house that I do not yet have in mine. I'm sorry, John. So Moen's been around for many years. Uh, You've obviously seen uh, a lot of their uh, bathroom and uh, kitchen fixtures. Uh, They came out with this uh, smart faucet, and it is all kinds of amazing. Uh, They've got some other stuff like a smart shower and uh, water protection uh, smart home stuff as well. So we wanted to talk about it on the program today. So we've got a great guest. From Moen, we've got Emily Martis. Thanks for joining us, Emily. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Mike, for having me. Thanks, John. Hi. So uh, I just wanted to talk about some of the the different uh, products you have and, uh, you know, why people might want to have them in their home. Let's start with the faucet. Uh, I believe it's uh, the U by Moen. And what I love about this, Emily, it ties in with uh, my Amazon Alexa. So I can actually tell my faucet to, uh, you know, give me water, hot water, even like two cups of water if I'm doing any type of cooking or baking. But I got the one that I use the most, the feature, it's got, you know, motion sensing. So I just wave my hand over it and that turns it on and off. And, you know, during COVID-19 times, that is just amazing. You use the force to turn on your, oh yeah, off uh, how, and on your faucet. I, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've touched it in weeks. I just wave my hand over it all the time. Uh, when did you guys come out with this? Yeah, so I'm, and I'm so excited to hear you tee it up that way uh, and hearing the excitement in, in the voice. What you describe is what we love about it as well. Uh, the product launched actually last year. Um, it came out in, in Q1 in, in 2020, um, and we launched it at CES. But, but what you're describing there, that, that motion activation, there are actually four different ways that you can operate the faucet. And we found that because of how people use their kitchen faucet, having that quick motion wave with just your hand to wave it on and off is what's used 80% of the time um, for people to come up all without having to touch it. You can just quickly turn it on and off. Uh, and because of the way our faucet archi- is architected, you can have that really touchless um, experience when you use um, Google Assistant or Amazon Alexa. 
it, it's funny because uh, I told my wife that we're getting this faucet, and she's mm-hmm. she's getting a little tired of all the smart home stuff I bring in because you know sometimes it takes a while to get it working properly. This thing mm-hmm. just worked like right out of the gate, and it's just been amazing. The um, the connected part is really interesting. Uh, again, you mm-hmm. can tie this in uh, with uh, smart home digital assistance. I've got it in with my uh, Amazon Alexa, and I just love it. Like, you know, typically on the weekends, I'm the breakfast guy, so I'm always doing nice. pancakes and waffles. So now, yeah. you know, if I want like half a cup of water or whatever, I just I just tell Alexa, hey, you know, get the uh, the tap to, to measure out a, a cup of water, which is cool. Yep. That's that's the feature I think I'm most jealous of because I always have to go digging into my junk drawer to try to find the <laughs> measuring cup or the scoop or whatever. And like, I can just put any vessel underneath your tap and tell it what to, what to dispense. And it's amazing. Yeah. And, and it's really nice too. You can do, um, you can also ask for specific temperatures. So you mentioned baking. If you're trying to proof yeast, um, you don't need to get a thermometer out. You can ask for that ideal temperature that you want. Um, or if you're, you know, filling a hot water bottle or, or something else where that temperature is important, you you don't even, you can just ask for it or you can set up a preset. So if you're always doing the same thing over and over, I have a tropical fish tank. And so we're always filling up five gallon buckets of water oh my God. Uh, with this very particular <laughs> temperature. It's super easy. You just put the bucket under, um, run your preset, fill my fish tank uh, and and it just goes. Well, you know, talking about those presets, I mean, you could do like a, um, a baby bottle, you know, if you're doing yep. formula, uh, mm-hmm. if uh, for your dog dish, uh, you can yes. actually it, uh, get it measured out perfectly for the dog dish uh, as well. So this thing is powered. Um, this one I, I got, uh, it takes the, the large batteries. How long do those last? So it depends a lot based on the exact installation and your Wi-Fi signal down yeah. to your sink. So it depends on your house, but um, we expect them to last for up to two years. Oh, wow. Um, yep. But it, but it really depends how often do you use it. That signal strength is really important, um, as you can imagine, yep. uh, but up to two years. But we wanted to make sure that um, it was really easy for install and you didn't have to call an electrician in to yep. hardwire it into your system. And that's why we went with batteries. So it could be quick. Yeah. So by uh, the amount I'm using it, Maybe two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. If so, let me know. Send me a personal email. I'll get you more batteries. It should be much longer than two weeks. Uh, but I, I do understand um, if you do want it uh, hardwired into electricity, there's a, an optional uh, attachment for that as well. Yeah, that's right. And what's cool is um, that will turn the battery that ships with the product into a battery backup ah. so that you have it plugged in. And then if there's a power outage, it will you know, switch right over to your battery for you, um, which is which is pretty good. Let's move on to the bathroom. Uh, you guys have a smart shower. So I haven't yep. tried this. Tell us uh, what this does. Yeah, so the You by Moen smart shower um, is about giving consumers control of your daily routine um, and personalization. So a lot of the the points you you mentioned about the faucet, it's it's similar. Um, there's a digital controller that gets installed inside the shower, but you're able to start your shower remotely with your phone or with your voice. It is compatible with. Um, Apple HomeKit, Amazon Alexa, or Google Assistant. So you can imagine you wake up in the morning and you're kind of groggy. You say, you know, start my shower and then you hit snooze um, and it's going to start and heat up to the exact temperature that you like, Mike, um, and will go exactly to how you've programmed it. And then it's going to pause the flow of water and send you a notification that your shower's ready. And then you just <laughs> finally roll the covers off, walk on in, push the pause button, and you get that ideal 
water temperature oh, and you can have a setting and you're, you know, someone else in your family can have a setting or you can have an after workout setting if you want to cool down a little bit. Um, so it's those presets and, you know, remote activation. That's my least favorite thing about getting up in the morning, especially when it's cold out is standing there waiting for it to get to the right temperature before you get in. Yep. Yep. So this one takes a little bit more of an install on it from what I understand. Yeah, this does require a professional installation and we have a couple versions. Some will work with a two outlet valve. So if your shower, you know, you have a shower, a regular shower and a, and a hand shower, or we have a four outlet version. If you have um, like the car wash approach to different spray, you know, body sprays um, in your shower, but it is the professional installation for a bathroom remodel. So talking about water, I uh, wanted to get into uh, protection now. And I think this is super uh, important. Uh, you know, a lot of us are concerned about things like theft and fire, but mm-hmm. uh, more often than not, it's water damage uh, that people would be affected by. I think up to seven times more than uh, a fire. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So um, you guys have uh, a, a few different uh, products, I think, in the flow line. Uh, let's start with the uh, the leak detectors. So these are little uh, devices. You can get them in different packs, either one or two or three, that you could mm-hmm. put in areas that might have a water leak or moisture. Yeah, that's right. And what's nice about this product, um, and you know, depending on your audience, you have people who might want to take a smaller step into smart home market. So this is very DIY friendly, and the price point is set so that you can buy one. And this this little puck has a leak sensing cable, and you can put where might you expect a leak or want to be notified of a leak or, or water damage in your home. So under your dishwasher or by your hot water tank, which we know can have you know catastrophic failures or by your washing machine, um, and you can just kind of pop it there and it will notify you on your, um, on your phone if it detects any moisture. So I have one by that fish tank as well, you know, just, <laughs> just in case, want to make sure we're notified right away, we can save the fish um, and, and it will notify you if, there, if it senses any water. Yeah, I, there's a number of different uh, types of these out in the market. What I liked about yours is that it was pretty flexible. So a lot of times it's just kind of the little puck itself. Yours actually had mm-hmm. a little cable coming out of it uh, too. So the puck can detect it, but the little cable can as well. So sometimes you want to get that little cable underneath something to where the water might actually be. And taking that a step further, you can also get um, an optional long cable, for example, that you could actually wrap around uh, the underneath bottom of a hot water tank. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it, it makes it a lot more flexible, very flexible and where you can put the product and, and what types of leaks you can detect. And you can get to those areas that are, you know, hard for you to see anyway, because, um, you know, the water's not spilling out. So uh, taking that another step, uh, this next one I thought was really cool. And uh, I, I like the peace of mind uh, of it. Obviously, fantastic for the home, but even for people that uh, might have a, a second home, a cottage or uh, a cabin where they uh, aren't able to get to right away if there was a major uh, water leak. So this is a, an auto shutoff uh, that you would install into your plumbing system. Yeah, so the uh, Flow by Moen Smart Water Shutoff is installed on your home's main water valve and what it's going to be doing the hardware is con- continuously monitoring the the pressure and the pressure profile of water through your pipes and if it detects a catastrophic water um, water event it's going to automatically shut off the water to your home um, and you can also from within the app you can you know turn off your home's water if you I don't know want to play a prank on someone you can automatically do it from the <laughs> app or of course open it back up again but what that peace of mind security is it's looking for those um, like big um, catastrophic failures. 
but then it also um, will be doing daily health checks usually at night when you're sleeping and, and no one's using your water in your home and it's going to look for micro leaks um, such as you know is your toilet running maybe or is there a little tiny drip in a faucet um, it's able to detect that by looking at the pressure um, profile that's running through the product and then can send you that notification it won't automatically turn off your water if your toilet's leaking it will pop up a notification so that you can take the right action um, to you know help save water in your home from what I understand, does it measure temperature as well to protect against freezing pipes? Uh, yes, it does measure the temperature of water. So yep. that's uh, perfect. Uh, you know, we're, we're here in Vancouver. A lot of people have uh, places up in Whistler or maybe up north. Uh, this mm-hmm. could give them uh, an advanced warming, a warning uh, that, uh, you know, the water pipes might be uh, freezing up. But I do love that feature, the auto shut off. Uh, and, and if you don't want it auto shut off, you can program it to be manual as well. Yeah, that's right, Mike. And if you have this smart water shutoff and also the leak sensor, leak detector that we were talking about, if you have both of those, you can have them work together. So you can program it so that if it detects leak at your you know, dishwasher or whatever, you can ask it to turn off the, the main water. So those products work together, but that's optional and you can configure it. Talking all about uh, smart home technology today with uh, the folks over at Moen. Uh, they've got some cool faucets, showers, uh, and uh, water detectors uh, as well. Uh, you can get these things, I-, I believe, at Home Depot. But what's your website as well if people want to learn more about it? Moen.com. Uh, it was easy. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today, Emily. Definitely. Thanks for having me. When we Thanks, come, John. Thanks, Mike. When we come back from the break, we've got a lot more tech to talk uh, here on the show. Stay tuned. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. John, the last year has been really weird. Uh, a lot of working from home. I just see your uh, smiling face on video all the time now in uh, video meetings. But uh, we're finding a lot of people are, are kind of getting used to it. Uh, even myself as an employer uh, back previous to COVID-19, I was maybe a little skeptical of having you know the staff work from home you know on a, a larger basis. But that really has uh, come around now, and we've found that uh, you know our employees are actually pretty productive. To help us understand that a little bit more, we've got a great guest. His name is Ed Rodriguez. Ed Rodriguez. He is the general manager uh, in Canada here for Citrix. You might know Citrix for uh, some of their uh, software services uh, like GoToMeeting and Goto uh, My PC. Thanks for joining us, Ed. Thank you. My pleasure. I thought of anyone to talk about uh, working from home. You guys are probably <laughs> really good for that. Uh, you've been, uh, you know, producing these tools for many, many years now to uh, allow uh, folks uh, to, uh, you know, do their their work from home. Uh, what are you? What kind of trends are you seeing now? Yeah, thanks. Uh, you know, you, you're you're right. You know, Citrix has been around for nearly thirty years, and um, you know, the origination of the company was actually you know connecting people to applications over uh, 14.4 baud modems, if I really want to go ahead and date <laughs> ourselves here. Um, but, uh, you know, over the years, you know, more and more people looked at this type of, of infrastructure, computer centralized computing, where, you know, people would access their applications or even virtual desktops from, uh, from anywhere and often over any uh, network and, and from a variety of different devices, whether they be laptops or, or iPads and, and iPhones and, or home PCs. Um, but, you know, with that sort of use case that we've had for quite some time, um, obviously last year put, um, you know, working remote into hyperdrive. And while there had been many organizations that were already doing a form of this, 
there was absolutely quite a number of organizations that were not prepared. Uh, and, and some of those had to really scramble in, in a crisis mode to all of a sudden get all of their employees working from home in a, in a productive manner. And that scramble uh, obviously, you know, led to, you know, employee experiences that were subpar in some cases and security, um, you know, challenges in others. Um, but what we found as we kind of move through the year is you know, more and more of an understanding that this isn't really going away. And when done properly, there are quite a number of advantages to having, you know, a remote work model or at least a hybrid working model where, you know, some folks are, are working remote, some others, or in a situation, some, sometimes people come into an office maybe for a collaboration meeting or, or a particular um, reasonable uh, company event or what have you that, that, that kind of needs that face-to-face uh, versus doing their deep work or, or doing their, their typical uh, daily job, which, you know, when you give them the flexibility to work from wherever and whenever and allow them to have um, a bit more of a, a lifestyle that can have, um, you know, context switching between work, productivity soared. And so that's what we've seen. And I think as we move into 2021 here, it's a maturation of that as well now as looking beyond the crisis, looking beyond the everybody needs to be working from home. What happens now when, you know, the vaccination has really hit into a a point in time where we start to feel comfortable, you know, getting back into a face-to-face rhythm. And uh, what we're seeing a lot of organizations plan for, a lot of CIOs plan for is, you know, what does this hybrid working model look like? And so that's, that's what's really fun about being in the forefront of it this year and uh, something we spend uh, pretty much our day in and day out, um, you know, really helping our organizations with. And one of the more interesting aspects of this that is fairly new to me is hiring people over a video <laughs> conference. You know, it's normally you want the face-to-face. You want to be able to, you know, uh, sort of feel them out and understand who they are with their body language and everything else like that. And, you know, you get a pretty good sense of that, but it's still a little bit of a disconnect when you're hiring somebody from the internet. You know, it's, it's a very different space for some people, uh, I think. And it's, it must be just as weird for the, the potential employee as well. Uh, you know, the, this is one of those uh, strange ones in a sense that um, with the acceptance of remote work, the talent pool has expanded, right? So previously, as you just mentioned, hey, my interview process, I need to see this person. We've got to you know, sit face-to-face. And this person needs to be pretty close proximity to where they're going to come daily, right, to their office, if you will. And now with you know, remote work becoming a, a bit more mainstream here, what we found is that talent no longer has those same borders and same boundaries. And so the upside here is now you're able to source and obtain you know, impressive candidates and talent that goes well beyond your local area. On the downside, it's exactly what you just said is, hmm, is, is the interview experience, am I really, you know, able to feel this individual out? And what we have found is that's actually not the big problem. The harder problem comes with after you've made your decision and comes with the onboarding. So, you know, to back up the, the process of interviewing, you know, to your point, video conferences make that a bit, you know, um, a bit easier, uh, but also having a variety of different people uh, interview a candidate. It gives you multiple different perspectives on things. Um, you know, if you ask them to produce some examples of work or um, take you through, you know, a variety of different exercises. So there are ways to get more and more comfortable with your candidate. 
But what's really difficult is they've now entered the organization and what previously was a new hire experience where people would all come to an office, go through maybe a new hire orientation, get to know where the bathrooms are, get to know all the key personnel is, you know, realize and feel what the culture is through the interpersonal relationships and the water cooler talk. That part is harder. And so what that's where I found onboarding employees, you know, through you know, the distance is, is, is something that's required some rethinking. Um, because you obviously want that to be a, not only a very positive experience, you want that to be a productive one uh, so that your employees are up to speed and, and you know, being able to provide uh, outcomes and results as soon as possible. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's some good points. Uh, and it's interesting saying that uh, the talent pool has expanded. I, I truly think you're right there. You know, in the past, uh, you know, if an employee came to me and said, well, I'm moving to uh, another province or another city, you know, can I still work <laughs> remotely? Uh, the answer probably would have been no. Uh, you know, recently we had mm-hmm. one of our account managers move over to uh, Vancouver Island from Vancouver, and it's just been seamless. It's just like she's uh, in the office all the time uh, anyway. So I'm pleased that uh, in one way that we have been able to uh, adapt to this. We even have another one that's living down uh, in Honduras right now that uh, is doing some uh, great uh, work, actually the producer of this show. So uh I'm looking at some of the the survey. You did a survey, and just some of the results you got were pretty interesting. Uh, one of them uh, found that 74% of knowledge workers say they could do their jobs just as effectively from any location. Uh, I agree with that. And another one, this is interesting, 88% of uh, these workers would look for a company who, with those benefits when seeking new employment, being able to work uh, remotely. Yeah, and I think this is where those you know realizations come where, um, life, you know, the, the life balance that, you know, remote working, you know, really provides, um, gives them with the right tool set that is right. The right technology, the right tool set, it, it really gives them, you know, the ability to not only be effective at their jobs, but it gives them some flexibility that they didn't have in the past, you know, whether it be, you know, spending time with their, their parents, the elderly side or with their children or just time slicing with, you know, things that are important to their health. Um, you know, allowing people to have that more flexible approach to, to work is a very attractive benefit. And so what we're seeing is absolutely that, uh, you know, the employers that have taken or gravitated towards, a, you know, uh, this type of approach, uh, they tend to see a great response from, you know, from the people who are, are, are looking at these jobs. And if somebody's leaving an organization, what previously would have been thought as, boy, that's something really neat. And that's something I see every day has now become much more of an expectation. Like, you know, wherever I go to work, I I should have the right tools and have the the right processes so that I can be effective in a, you know, a more flexible remote work uh, environment. And, um, you know, I think that we're going to kind of continue to see that because if the productivity is there and the uh, employee experience is there, then what you'll find is that you have a happier set of employees, your morale goes up, your global employee scores go up and, you know, you have better customer success and services. So uh, it makes a ton of sense to me. We're talking with Ed Rodriguez, Red Ro- I can't talk today, Ed Rodriguez uh, over at Citrix uh, Canada. We're gonna have to take a break. When we come back, uh, want to talk a bit about some of the tools that people can use to rem- uh, actually work uh, remotely, maybe some tips and tricks as well. You're listening to Get Connected. We'll be back after this. 
You are back with Get Connected. Mike and John here. We're talking all about working from home and, uh, you know, some of the new expectations with that. I want to talk about some of the tools. We've got a great guest. Uh, we've got Ed Rodriguez. Said it correctly this time. He is the GM over at Canada for Citrix. <laughs> Thanks for joining us again, Ed. My pleasure. So uh, we've, we've brought up some really interesting points. I think uh, people expect now to be able to work from home. I think when we come back from this pandemic to hopefully... Uh, a new normal that uh, we'll see new ways of working. I can see some of the big companies like Twitter, even Salesforce who have come out and said that their employees, if they want, can work from home forever. Uh, I look at my company, we run kind of an agency. I, I see more of a hybrid model, uh, maybe uh, working uh, at the office a few days a week and then a few days at home as well. But Ed, I wanted to talk about some of the, the tools. We, we've seen a lot of them uh, during this pandemic, things like Zoom, uh, Microsoft Teams. Uh, you guys have been around for 30 years uh, with uh, your tools. Maybe just go through some of uh, what you guys got and, and how it all works. Sure. I think it, there's a you know a couple different categories of tools here, and you know one of them is in the collaboration space, and that's really where you find things like Zoom fit in, right? The video conferencing. Um, obviously, there's there's GoToMeeting and there's Microsoft Teams. You know, those both span video conferencing as well as just your typical instant messaging type of tools, and that allows people, um, you know, to be and feel connected and have, um, you know, have collaboration style meetings and sessions to get work done. Very important. We're also seeing the actual collaboration um, products themselves that are more on the project basis. So. Uh, Citrix actually recently made an acquisition of a company called Reich, and Reich has a, a tool set that's really centered uh, around collaboration and allowing people to actually how they get their work done. So now we're talking about uh, sophisticated systems for how you manage projects, as an example, and doing it you know within a tool set that's live, that's through the cloud, that's available, always on, uh, and that allows people to, to how they get their work done. But the other big piece, and in, in, in the area that Citrix historically has has you know been a big, big part of is, you know, gaining access to the actual applications themselves uh, and to the, you know, in many cases to their data and to their desktops. And, you know, you know, yes, the, the years in the past, if we go back a decade or more, you know, most applications were all windows based applications. Uh, most data sat in a data, a data center. And if you fast forward, uh, you know, into 2020, uh, you you found yourself in a situation where applications were split. There are some Windows-based apps. There are some web-based apps that are you know coming through a native software as a service, like Salesforce, as an example, or Workday. Uh, there are many different places your data can reside, whether it's in a in a data center, whether it's in a a OneDrive in the cloud, or Dropbox and others. Um, and, and so now here you are with this world of applications coming from many places, data being stored in many places. And now your users, your employees are in many places. And that's where really Citrix and its workspace uh, comes in. And workspace is this, this fantastic platform that sort of aggregates all of these different application types into one unified experience. You sign on once and it doesn't matter whether that application was Windows-based and being virtualized or whether it's native web-based. You sign on once, you automatically get access to all these applications that are, you know, using your security profile of, of you as a user. Uh, they do all kinds of contextual things so they understand, hey, you know what, based on where this user is, uh, what network they're traversing over and whether they're not on a, on a managed desktop or whether they're on a home PC, does it have the proper virus scan? All these different sort of contextual elements get taken into account. And we actually make decisions um, that protect the, the employer, protect 
the employer from a security perspective and make decisions that help from a user experience perspective to ensure that they're getting, you know, the best possible experience when using their applications and accessing their data. And that's what really Workspace has really honed in on. But the next level from that was saying, hey, how do we even make people more productive? And then if you look at that element of it, you start to say, well, are there things like machine learning? Are there things like artificial intelligence? Are there, are there bots? Are there other things that could really help people uh, achieve their tasks, uh, manage this, um, this world we're in today where you get all kinds of notifications that consistently distract you and take you away from the deep work you're doing to, to deal with something. And Workspace now has a component of it called intelligence. And what that intelligence actually is doing is it's sort of monitoring that world of task notifications requests and then prioritizing, presenting them to an employee, making them a lot simpler versus having to go into an application itself and go through all the workflows to achieve that task. It makes it a one-click presentation of that task that you can make a quick decision on, as well as know when an employee typically does certain things and therefore actually um, can suppress certain things and present them at the time that they typically work on those items. And then therefore, if I'm sitting here working on a presentation and they know Ed's hardcore work hours from 10 a.m. to 12, where he just is in deep work, all of these approvals that I get for people taking vacation time off or expense approvals, that stuff doesn't even show itself to me. They typically know on Friday at one o'clock is the time that I actually do all of my approvals. And boom, at one o'clock, what I'll see is this feed of all the things that are required for me to go click through and approve. And I'm able to do that in a very swift manner without a lot of clutter. And so that's another kind of evolution of, of where you see some of these, these tools like Workspace and, you know, frankly, uh, enabling uh, that sort of balance we just talked a little bit earlier about, you know, giving the employee that flexibility, really tuning itself to how they do work and making them the most productive as possible. We're talking with Ed Rodriguez. <laughs> my, my mouth is not working here. Ed Rodriguez. From Citrix, all about uh, working from home, the new normal. Uh, Ed, where can people find out more info? You know, we have uh, Citrix.com, obviously, is our, our website. We've got tremendous amounts of videos, collateral information that you can find out there. Uh, we've got a large network of um, you know, uh, systems integrators and resellers and others that are out there that are very knowledgeable. So uh, it's on Citrix.com. Otherwise, um, you know, look in your local area. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk here on Get Connected. Stay tuned. You're back with Get Connected. Great prize uh, this month, giving away a ZTE Media Tablet. It's an Android tablet, fantastic screen. If you want a chance to enter, it's so easy. All you have to do is go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com, hit the newsletter tab, and all the instructions are there. All you have to do is subscribe to the newsletter and you are automatically entered to win not only this contest, but all the ones we have going this year, giving away thousands of dollars in prizes. And it's always great to have a, a tablet uh, around the house, John. Yeah, for your kids, for your, you know, have one in different rooms so you can just pick it up and go. Yeah, uh, I even have one just for my smart home stuff now uh, that uh, I can go in and, uh, you know, use to turn on and off lights and, and uh, work the music in the, the different rooms uh, as well. And uh, this one's, it's beautiful. It's a nice size, uh, got a fantastic screen on it uh, as well. And again, if you want a chance to win, getconnectedmedia.com, hit the newsletter tab. I want to thank uh, all the folks that helped put the program together, John and uh, Christina. And uh, don't forget to listen to our sister show, The App Show, here on the Chorus Radio Network as well. We'll see you again next time. <laughs>